Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. This radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, you can give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my special guests on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. You can give me a call, Stevie B Media Production Studio at 910-491-6400. Zero five. Now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. And placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we praise you will be with my two speakers on the show this evening, Brian Christian Coltman and Lou Gilbert, as they break unto our listeners the bread of life. We also ask your blessings upon my special guest in the community corner, Victoria Kenny, as she serves our community as well with her various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you would bless them all and their families that support their efforts as well. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well and that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do? to be saved. Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak and we often fall short of your will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, Father, we pray to save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast this evening. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is Brian Christian Coleman. He serves with the Newark Church of Christ there in Newark, New Jersey. And Brian is also one of my co-hosts on the Gospel Light Radio Show that airs on Thursday evening here on Blog Talk Radio. He'll be making hearing a word from Brother Brian. And in the community corner, my special guest is Victoria Kenny from Simon Town, South Africa 
who she is currently living in Kentucky, Canada, and she's an investor and a business advisor there. We're looking forward to hearing her in the community corner. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Lou Gilbert, he serves as the evangelist for the Oldbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my special guest speaker, Brian Christian Coleman. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. No. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough, so rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely all by yourself? Has anybody been sad, broken hearted and sad? Have you even been dead? You had to cry all night long. Need to 
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my special guest speaker, Brian Christian Coleman, and his subject, Success is Not Money and Power. First of all, good evening to all those who are listening to our radio program this evening. We trust that God is blessing you in every way that you stand in need of at this time. Let us turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 3, beginning with verses 13 to 16. And hold your finger there as we bow for a brief word of prayer. Gracious Father, it is once again that we do approach your throne of grace, thanking you, Lord, for all of the many wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us from the early existence of our time on this earth, from the, from the early parts of our time to well into this present moment. We especially, Father, thank you for your son who gave his life on Calvary's cross for all mankind, that one day we may have a right to the tree of life. We thank you for the state that you bless us with, Father. We thank you for your traveling grace and arrival mercy that you provide all of us. And we thank you for the opportunity, Father, to come together to study another portion of your holy and divine word. Ask, Lord, that you may please forgive us for any and all sins that we may have committed by either word, thought, or deed. We ask, Father, for your forgiveness of our sins, and ask, Lord, that you may please block them on a book of memory, and please, Father, hold them not against us, Lord, if it's your holy and divine will. Father, be with our host, Brother Stevie Butler, Father, who has the, had the mindset, Father, thanks by you, to provide us this opportunity to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Continuously bless Brother, Bar- Brother Butler, Father, in his life. Bless and strengthen him, Lord, as he does his labor of love each and every week, Father, three times a week, and bringing forth your word, Father, from different speakers. Ask that you may bless what is said tonight, Father, that all that is said and done will be both pleasing and also acceptable in your sight. And be with all those who are listening, Father, who are dealing with different issues and matters and problems in their lives, Lord. Ask that you may continuously be with them and their families and bless them, Father, by the richness of your mercy. And, Father, we ask that all that is said and done this evening will be both pleasing and also acceptable in your sight. We close this prayer, Father, in your Son's holy and precious name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you should be turned to Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 13. And the Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, Whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. If that's in your Bible, say amen. I like to speak as the Spirit guides me on the subject this evening. Success is not money and power. Success 
is not money and power. As we are living in the year of 2021, we see that man, more than ever, is striving to get as much power and money as they can. You turn on your television sets, and you see so many commercials related to getting money. J.P. Wentworth tells us, it's your money, and you want it now. Law firms are advertising their services to you. If you have been hurt in an accident, call me to get a large cash payment for your injuries. The New Jersey Lotto tells you to come and give it a chance to win big. The New York Lotto tells you you have to be in it to win it. And there are other commercials telling you the easy and quick way you can get the money that you need. Many equate money with power, saying, if I get the money, I'll then acquire the respect that I deserve from society. If I get the big house in the suburbs, then I know that I have arrived. If you can drive the car your dreams, then you will get the respect of the young ladies and my peers. If I can make enough money, then I can buy the required wardrobe that I need to be able to hobnob and rub shoulders with those who are the ones that are making the real money to help me get up the ladder of success. Somebody will say to you, if I get the money, then I know that power will then come. Power is there for me to take. All I need to do is just get out and get my share. If I have to lie, cheat, and steal, I'm going to get my respect through money and power. And when I get the money, when I get the power, when I get the prestige, then I will be happy and comfortable. And examples of money leading to death. The Bible gives us many examples and lessons regarding the illustration that money and power will lead to success. The first thing I would like to say to illustrate to you is the fact that God is not against anyone becoming rich and successful. God is not against any of us to be financially secure. Having some money in the bank, having some retirement set aside, owning some property, owning a house in the suburbs, having a good job paying over six figures. But God draws the line when you allow money, power, and prestige to become your God rather than keeping God first in your lives. I'm talking about small G-O-D rather than keeping God, capital G-O-D, first in your lives. The Bible says in Matthew 6:33, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." We need to remember, brothers and sisters, that we serve a jealous God, who does not want anyone or anything to come before Him. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3, "I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage." Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is why many of us are not financially successful that we think we, sh- we can be, because we serve a God that sits high and looks low. 
and he can peer down the scope of time and see that if we did he if he did bless us with the money and power that we sometimes want, we will turn our back on him and become unfaithful members of the church. We'll buy those things that we want and not put and not put well over ten percent in the collection page. We will buy a new car and not even give a member of the church who we know needs some assistance a ride home. Hello. We will thumb our nose that those who are not as financially blessed as we may become and start thinking that we are all that with the chip and the dip. God knows just how much we can handle because some of us will get a big head and start becoming something that we are not. Paul said it in a confrontation with the Roman governor by the name of Felix in Acts chapter 24 and verse 5. Paul stood before Felix, bound in chains, before a powerful man of the Roman politics, and Paul reasoned with Felix regarding the righteousness and judgment to come. The Bible records that Felix shook so violently he could hardly sit on his throne. He had absolute power of the Roman emperor behind him. Yet, he stood before a prisoner in chains who successfully described his faith in Jesus Christ and truth of who the Savior, what the Savior had done. Now, don't get me wrong. We all need money to survive today. We need money to buy food for our families, pay the rent, pay for our utilities, pay the car note house note, car and house insurance. But when we stand, we start craving, loving, desiring money, we are setting ourselves up for some major issues that can affect our soul and lead us away from God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 10, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they are erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse number 10, whosoever loves money never has money enough. Whosoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. Don't you know some folk like that? They get blessed by God, but they always want more. They think that what they have is just a little dab will do you, a burl cream blessing, and they want more from God. And they will sacrifice their relationship from God to get more. You see them in service one minute, but all they go is to a get-rich-quick scheme program with selling and flipping houses selling real estate or other means of gaining wealth. And little by little, you stop seeing them in worship service because they have their dreams and their minds focused on money rather than being focused on the God who gave them what they have and has a storehouse that he can give us at any time as long as we're faithful to him. If we're going to focus on anything, we need to set our mind on God and not on things on the earth. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, teaches us that we need to seek him who sits on the throne of God 
our affections, meaning our mind, on God. We will make better decisions and get ourselves in less headaches than we could have avoided. That's why it's important for us to focus on God and put God first in our lives because he sits high and looks low, and he knows what his children need, and he's willing to provide them as long as we put him first. The Bible also says in James chapter 1 and verse number 5, if ye lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abrideth not, and it shall be given him. What that scripture teaches us is that God is not stingy when it comes to his giving because he will give to all men liberally, and he's not going to hold back his blessings to those who serve him. The Bible illustrates many examples of what men have placed money in front of them and their craving for money and power destroyed them both physically, but most important, spiritually. Y'all remember the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 24? Do you remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked him about what he must do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus talked to this young man who asked the right question and was speaking to the right person that can give him the answer. And he told him all these things. He told him about honoring his mother and father and doing the different things as the Ten Commandments showed. And he said, all these things I have done from my youth up. And he asked another powerful question. What lackest I also? What do I still lack? And Jesus told him. You go sell everything you own and give it to the poor and take of your cross and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sorrowful, for he had many great possessions. Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23. Judas betrayed Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. Matthew 26 and verse 15. Ananias and Sapphira lied to the apostles and the Holy Ghost about the proceeds of a possession that they sold and fell dead at the apostles' feet. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. The parable of the young man with the large crop. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. The rich man and Lazarus. Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31. Here's a rich man who had eaten scrumptiously every single day, wore purple every day, and here comes, a young, here comes a man by the name of Lazarus, who all he asked was just to, he didn't ask for a chicken leg. He didn't ask for a rib. He didn't ask for a corner of the cob. He just asked for the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table, and the rich man sent him away. And he died that night. But not only that happened, it shows right here that death is no respecter of persons. Because the same night, the rich man died. And he, and he found himself in hell, in torment. And he looked across, and he saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. And now he has a nerve to ask Abraham, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he can dip his finger into, a, into water and cool my tongue. Now here, a few minutes ago, it was Lazarus doing the begging, and the rich man 
was in good in good company. Now the roles were reversed. Now you see the rich man in torment, and you see Lazarus in comfort. And let and Abraham had to remind him, in the other life you had everything, and Lazarus was poor. Now Lazarus is in comfort while you are in torment. And not only that, he went so far and said, he said, send Lazarus back because I've got some brothers back in the land of the living and let him know, don't come to this place. And Abraham had to tell him, son, your brothers got the, got Abraham and the prophets. If they don't hear them, they're not going to hear somebody who came from heaven. It just lets you know that basically when you fall in death, that's the same way you're going to rise. We need to see that the craving and love for money and power is as bad as the most dangerous narcotic on the market, the strongest drink that you can buy in a liquor store. It will make you do things that you would not normally do to have it. It will make you lie and deceive others to obtain it. It will make you kill someone to obtain it. It will blind you to think that you need it just like you need some drug or alcohol. It will make you turn from God and do some things that you normally would not do. It will make you work some overtime hours on the weekends, weekdays, nights, when you should be attending midweek Bible study and your own personal Bible study and spend time with your own family. It will make you miss Sunday morning and evening worship service and not feel no pain. It will make you buy the big house in the suburbs and you in the big house in the suburbs and you start acting like you did it all by yourself and God was not responsible for blessing you to have the money to purchase that house, car and job and all other material things. It will make you go bankrupt by spending all you have working to get some get more to keep up with the Joneses trying to impress people that are not even your friends and do not and do not have your best interests at heart. It will make you run up your credit cards, max them out. It will cause you to borrow more money and miss paying the most important bills to take care of the creditors that are acting like hitmen attempting to collect your debt. Money, you, money will buy you beautiful house in the suburbs, but it will not make a peaceful and warm home. Money will allow you to go to sleep, go to Sleepy's or Raymore and Flanagan and purchase that beauty rest or sleep easy mattress, but it will not provide you a good night's rest. Money will allow you to go to the most expensive restaurants like Lutez, Tavern on the Green, 21, The London, Butter, or dinner at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. You order your lobster, steak, racket lamb, your filet mignon. You may be full with foot, with good foot, physical food, but you are barren and unfruitful in your soul. Money will allow you to walk into Brooks Brothers and buy yourself the most expensive suits, matching shirts, cufflinks, socks and shoes, and make you suited and booted. But you may be dressed well on the outside, but underneath all the clothes, you are dirty with sin. Money will allow you to do a, do a lot of things, buy a lot of things, own a lot of things. But the issue at hand is that money 
is just a temporary fix for your situation. Money is just a temporary it's just temporarily in your pocket. It is in your hand one minute and the next it is gone. If you don't believe me, just become a husband and father and you will see your money flying out of every window, door, vent, crack each and every day. If you put your your hand in the master's hand and hold on to him, I guarantee you that whatever God gives you, it will be a blessing that will last as long and never expire. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your weary souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't you want some light burdens for yourself, brothers and sisters? Are you tired of having a heavy yoke to carry all by yourself, working night and day over time, sometimes double time, sometimes triple time, and you still can't make ends meet? Don't you want to have some light burdens where you can have them with Jesus? Success, if you want to know, comes from serving God. We need to know that if we are going to be successful in life, we need to have God in the plan. If you plan your goals and God is not part of your plan, I guarantee you, your plan will not be successful. You may say, why achieve my financial goals and God had nothing to do with it? But God has a way to rain down some storms on you that that will take all that money away from you and leave you in a worse position than you first started out. You claim you got all this money by yourself? Let some sickness come along in your life and eat up all that money in hospital bills. Let you lose that job that you love so much, making them six figures, and then you wind up on unemployment. You're making it less than 40 to 60 to 60% of what your regular gross income is. And the next thing you know, you got to borrow from friends and neighbors and find yourself on welfare. But that's what happens when you have this idea that nobody can take anything from you. Once you get it, it's all yours. But I stop by to tell you that I serve a God who sits high and looks low. And you start getting a big head thinking that you're all that and a bag of chips with the dip. I can tell you he can stop by and call some storms to come in your life and cause you to lose all your money because all of us are in three stages of life. We're coming out of a storm. We're going into a storm. And if we are not careful and haven't woke up from our storm, we find we're already in the storm. Say amen if you can. We need to know that if you can, you can have all the money that you can obtain, you need to understand that you are poor in spirit. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? We need to recognize when we are in Christ, we are already rich. Come on, I know someone should be shouting right now. You just missed your shout. When you're in Christ, you are already rich. You may not be sitting up there eating filet mignon and lobster. You may just have some hamburger tonight and some hamburger helper. But guess what? You are rich in spirit. 
You may not be driving around in a Lexus, BMW, or even a, a Bentley. You may just be running around in a hoopty. But God blesses you to get from here to there and where you need to go. I'm just telling you that God, is he, is the, he has everything in his hand. You remember the, the song we used to sing is you? He's got the whole world in his hand. And that story, if you understand that song, that song isn't just good as a you. It's good for right now because God controls Wall Street. God can open doors that no man can shut. You may not live in the finest house in the suburbs, suburbs, but you're living comfortable in your one-bedroom apartment, comfortable and blessed by God. You may not be eating lobster, filet mignon, crabs on the half shell, steak tartare, but you're eating hamburger helper, Subway sandwiches, and hungry man dinners, and you are not going hungry with, with God providing the blessings. You may not be making the six figures and have a swank office, with two or three office assistants that are not that are at your beck and call, but you but your bills are being paid. Not collection, no collection agencies are calling you, and God is just blessing you better than anyone who is making more money than you. You may not be driving that Mercedes Benz as I mentioned earlier, a Beamer, Audi, Lexus, or Cadillac, but you are getting around in that old hoopty, and it takes you to point A to point B. God is just so good. And you know what? He gets just he just gets gooder and gooder. The closer you get to him, the closer he will get to you. You are richer. You don't know that you are so rich. You're richer than Donald Trump. Hello, Bill Gates, Samuel Zuckerberg, Hugh Hefner, the Rockefeller family, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Cosby, Michael Jordan. And if you're not if you have a name you're a millionaire, him or her too. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 and 3, all spiritual blessings are in places, in, Christ, in heavenly places in Christ. If you are a Christian tonight, you are blessed. As I close, let's keep in mind as we journey through this, this life, do not focus too much on the acquisitions of having money and power. Even though you may have some money and power, remember that it's only temporary. The President of the United States of America is called the most powerful man in the world. But keep in mind that his job is just a temporary job. He can only hold that spot for only every four years. And after eight years, then he will have to vacate for the next president. You may have some prestige and power right now, but it is only temporary. You may have a job, but just know that it's a temporary job. You are you are guaranteed to keep that job. You are not guaranteed to keep that job forever. But when you have God in your life, when you live as God wants you to live, he is a blessing to you. He will keep a roof over your head. He will still be putting food on the table. He will see pu still putting clothes on your back. He's still putting gas in your car. And he's still keeping the blessings flow because we serve a God that is still in the blessing business. Just keep in mind, in your, keep God first in your life, and he will bless you in his own time and his own way. God knows how much we can handle, and he is looking out for each and of us each and every day. And if you are listening to our program this evening, and you are not a member of the Church of Christ, and you want to know what must I do in order to be saved, 
what must I do in order for me to get these spiritual blessings, as I mentioned today? What do I need to do so I can be rich in spirit rather than physical? Well, you've got to do five simple things. You've got to hear the gospel, Romans 10, 17, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Then you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Except you believe I am he, you will die in your sins. And he says, if you die in your sins where I am, you cannot come. Then you must repent. Repent means make a change, because if you change your mind, God will change your state. Luke 13, 3 and 5, the Bible says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Then you must, with your mouth, confess the sweetest words that you ever will confess. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Acts 8, 36 and 37. And then you go down into the liquid tomb of baptism for the remission of your sins. Remission of your sins. Acts 2 and verse 38. While in baptism, baptism washes away your sins. Acts 22, 16. He makes you a new creature. John 3 and 5. You are a child of God. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. And you are added to the only church that you can find in God's word. And that church is the church of Christ. Acts 2 and verse 38. And you, once you get in it, stay in it. Stay in the church of Christ. And one day you can receive a crown of life that fadeth not away. I don't know what's in your mind. And if you are a member of the church and you have not living right, You've been out there trying to get all you can, but you know you're missing God in your life. You've been working these jobs trying to pay your bills. Give God a chance. Go to God in prayer. Ask your minister to pray with you and for you that you can get back in line and get these spiritual blessings by saying, brothers and sisters, I have sinned. I repent of my sins, and I ask for you to pray for me that, that I may grow stronger. I don't know what's on your mind tonight, but remember, you can be rich when you've got God on your side. Don't worry about trying to be a millionaire. Just be a faithful child of God in his service. May God bless you. May God keep you. And bless us all as we are still working through this coronavirus pandemic. Watch over and protect us and keep us healthy. Again, may God bless all of you. Good evening. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation. And what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events or activities announced on this radio broadcast, you can contact me at DVB Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Or send your email to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. 
due to the coronavirus outbreak, I will not be making any public announcements until further notice regarding public meetings or assemblies. But I will be making announcements regarding the events and activities that are happening here on social media. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be a nationwide gospel call that's sponsored by the Church of Christ in Highland Heights from Houston, Texas. And the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700. And access code is 328-497. This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ. And the speakers will be presenting the basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information regarding the Churches of Christ. It's also intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. On Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, the, the Delcrest Church of Christ from San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class on Zoom. And the class ID number is 821-3692-8262. Daily at 6 a.m. in the morning, Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ from the Lafayette Church of Christ there in Lafayette, Louisiana. We host in the prayer line. And the telephone number is 605-472-5203. And access code is 514-859. My co-host, Court on the Gospel Light Radio Show, that airs on Thursday night, has a new book entitled God, Grace, and You. And you can order this new book, Century Christian Catalog. There'll be a spring summer series every fourth Wednesday of the month, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. The preacher's panel discussion joined Minister Michael Fuso as he moderates a series of discussions featuring seasoned preachers in our brotherhood. And the topic of discussion is expanding the role of women in Christian worship. What a word, a word from the Lord. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's New Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And on this show each week, I have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be presenting a message from the Word of God. Also, I have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. Also, I have three co-hosts on this show. Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oakbrook Park Church of Christ from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And also, my newest co-host, Shauna Otis, she serves with the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry from the Greyway Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. And my newest co-host, Isa Mullins, who serves at Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Also on Thursday evening, okay, my, something's going on. Okay, on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And on this show, I have eight co-hosts who will be presenting messages from the Word of God. And each week, I have two of my co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook, and I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night at our new time from 9 to 11, 
p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B, Acapella Gospel Blast Radio Show. And on this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sound of voices. Also, I have the Story Glory segment every first Friday of the month where I'm interviewing the artists that we're actually playing on this radio show. And I'll be doing my Top 20 Countdown show for next Friday night. There will not be a show scheduled for this Friday night. There is no show scheduled. But I will be back on the air on next Friday night doing my Top 20 Countdown show for the month of April. Also, my on-demand episodes, if you can't catch any of these live shows, whether you're getting your favorite podcast from, there are just a variety of podcasts, I mean, a variety of platforms that you can use to listen to these on-demand episodes. The major ones that I always like to promote is Spotify, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, YouTube, and so on. Also, my sponsor, I have a new sponsorship manager. Her name is Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If you are interested in sponsoring any of these radio shows, you can just give her a call at 954-687-4705. I'd like to give a shout out to all of my sponsors. I really appreciate all of the sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. Sharon Norwood from Chicago, Illinois, Bethesda Memorial, Crooner, Director of Criminal Services out of DeSoto, Texas. Stanley Phillips, he's out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Cheryl Maroff from Charlotte, North Carolina. You wine blazing cracker goose out of Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Hallman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina. Diversified Financial Network LLC out of Dallas, Texas. And Ordained Faith Publishing out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B's video production it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate. We want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. Stay tuned, the Community Corner is up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Take away our sins 
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co host Lou Gilbert and his subject, Empty Brooks, Feast in Famine. Amen, amen, amen. I'll give thanks unto the Lord once again for he is good, his mercy endures forever. The Bible still says, even on tonight, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Has God been good to you tonight, my friends? Has God blessed your life? Has God brought you from perhaps a mighty, mighty long way? We certainly ought to be grateful for the goodness and the graciousness of our great and wonderful God. It's good to be here with you once again on this great radio broadcast. What a word from the Lord. We're so grateful for our illustrious host, uh, Brother Stevie B. Stevie Butler, we're grateful for 
this platform and uh, the manner in which it goes out all over the country and even the world. We're grateful for his work and his work's sake, and may God continue uh, to bless him in a very, very special way as we encourage you all to support this great uh, platform, this great radio uh, broadcast. What a word from the Lord. I'm Brother Laruna Gilbert, Brother Lou Gilbert from the Overbrook Park Church of Christ, located in the city of Brotherly Love. That's the city called Philadelphia. We're located at 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the Overbrook Park section of Philadelphia. Right now, of course, as many of us are, we're uh, meeting uh, virtually online, so you can check us out on Facebook the uh, Overbrook Park Church of Christ, and even our uh, YouTube page, the Overbrook Park Church of Christ, there uh, again. And you can uh, hear these les- lessons as well as others and great singing uh, as well. Uh, not going to be too long tonight. Look at uh, the book of First Kings, First Kings chapter number 17, First Kings chapter number 17. I'll be dealing primarily with the uh, just the context of this narrative of uh, dealing with Elijah in uh, 1 Kings chapter number uh, 17. But I'm going to call this message tonight, Empty Brooks and Dry Places. Empty Brooks and Dry Places. And then in parentheses, put Feast in Famine. Feast in Famine. Uh, In the book of uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17, I'll just read a few verses uh, this evening. Uh, chapter chapter 17 of First Kings, uh, verse 1, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself, by the brook of Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Uh, Empty brooks and dry places feast in famine. We are first introduced to this prophet Elijah during a very critical time in the history of God's people. It was the dark days of an awesome, great, uh, terrible uh, apostasy. Uh, Elijah was a rugged man, zealous for the Lord. He seemingly appears out of nowhere as if he drops out of the clouds. He just arrives on the scene. Among the prophets of old, however, few shine as bright as Elijah. Only Elijah, like Enoch, would not see death and be translated. Other prophets uh, uh, prophesied and wrote, but Elijah prophesied and acted. And so at God's command, he uh, goes to this king. He goes to the king, and we know him by Ahab. And Ahab was a wicked, uh, nefarious king. Uh, In the book of 
1 Kings chapter number 16, verse number 30, the Bible says, And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ephbah, Ethabel, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And he reared up an altar before Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab, the Bible says, made a grove, and Ahab did uh, more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So he stands before this wicked king with a message, not of hope, but of impending difficulty, uh, to explain that things would get worse before they got better. You know, it's one thing to bring good news, but it's another thing to bring the bearer to be the bearer of bad news. That takes a strong individual. Uh, he declares that there would be no dew nor rain until I say so, of course, by God's word. This, the nation had begun to serve false gods like Baal, the god of fertility, and now there would be no growth. They would be barren. There would be no growth because there's no growth without water. They were in the sixth month of the drought even when he came to the king. And as a nation, they had broken their pledge to God. For the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 11, God forewarned them. Deuteronomy chapter number 11 and verse number 16 and 17, the Bible says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shall shut up the heaven, uh-huh, and there be no rain, that, uh, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. So they had been forewarned. God warned them, and now due to their own doing, there would be no rain until God gave the word. So God sends Elijah to this to this uh, wicked king, and then he tells him to go into hiding. God sent Elijah into hiding, and no one would be able to find him, not even Ahab. In chapter number 18 and verse number 10, the Bible says, As the Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom, whether my Lord hath not sent to seek thee and uh, and so uh, they were looking for uh, Elijah, but they couldn't find him during the drought. And I say that to say that when God gives you, my friends, when God gives you rest, a, a hiding place, when he gives you peace, no one can find you. No one will be able to find you. No one will be able to cause unrest because God has you in his care. When you work for the Lord and the Lord wants to give you rest, God will give you rest. And no one will bother you when God gives you this rest. And so we know that uh, Elijah, being obedient to God, he walked some 15 miles to the place 
at the brook where he was alone. But, you know, God provided for him. You see, he had to rely solely on God. I think I said put in the parentheses of a feast in the famine. Don't you know, my friends, that when others are around you and they may be in famine, God is able to provide a feast for you even by the brook. And so he had to rely solely on God. And as I think about that, I remember something David said. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I think I hear Abraham say to his son Isaac, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. I think I hear the apostle Paul say in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, and my God, shall supply all of your need according to the riches of glory. My friends, God always provides for us. Even in the midst of a drought, even in the midst of a famine, God can provide a feast for his children. Even in the dry season, even through the difficult times, even through and after this pandemic, God is still God. God has got you covered. God has got us covered. And God will feed you when there's no bread. He'll comfort you when there's no pillow. He'll be a guide when there's no light. He'll protect you when there's no visible army. He is the rock of our salvation and the stone which the builders rejected. He watches us. He protects us. He leads us and he feeds us, and he can provide even a feast in the middle of a famine. So as the Bible reads, so God sent the ravens to bring bread and flesh to him every morning and every evening. I believe this this was fresh meat that these dirty birds brought to him every day. Uh, Don't miss this now, because if we know anything uh, about a raven, a raven is a tireless bird on the wing, Genesis 8 and verse 7. It is constantly soaring to and fro. And now now get this now, Uh, a raven has an appetite for spoiled meat. I said a raven has has an appetite for spoiled meat. Uh, He doesn't seek out fresh meat. Uh, He's a scavenger. He's an opportunistic bird. He's a robber of other others' nests, and he's a trash picker. He delights in roadkill, if you will. He'll eat just about anything. It's a dirty bird. They will rummage through anything, a filthy bird. A, A bird, a raven, was more likely to take Elijah's food than to bring him food. And these filthy birds are even known to neglect their own young. But we find that God has this dirty bird feeding the prophet of God, not with uh, dirty meat, not with roadkill, if you will. Uh, God, it's as if God said to that raven, Mr. Raven, don't bring uh, no roadkill to to the man of God. Bring some fresh food every day. And so God set him up by the brook, and God gave him room service every single day in the morning, 
and in the evening the room service was came by way of the raven, bringing fresh bread and meat every day. Shown of God takes care of his own. Even when others are in a drought, God will take care of his people. God can give us a feast even when others are in famine. Then we know that as he was doing God's will and because of the drought, because of God's will, we find that the brook that he was sent to, uh, to drink from, the brook dried up. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that you need water to live in your life. You can last uh, perhaps about a day or so without any food or a few days without food, but you can't last more than a day or two without any uh, water and be healthy. And so the brook, the Bible says, dried up. Yes, uh, the place where God sent him to, it dried up. But uh, we have to understand sometimes that even uh, despite our best efforts, in spite of our best plans, in spite of our best intentions, even when we go to the place where God says go and start the things that God says start, sometimes the brooks of life can dry up, sometimes due to no fault of your own and other times due to our own fault. But Elijah was called to do God's will, and now we find him standing beside or sitting beside the brook that has dried up. And so it's important that we take a look at Elijah's posture and try to make sure that our posture is right. If we want God to provide a feast in the midst of a famine. And so we find Elijah, uh, we find him, uh, uh, we find him without any water. We find him by this brook that has dried up. Verse number seven says, the brook has dried up. And so uh, the first thing I need you to see this uh, afternoon so you can easily hear this message and understand it and remember, when your brooks dry up, don't put God down. Did you hear what I said? When your brook dries up, don't put God down. God is still on the throne. God is still worthy to be praised. God is still God all by himself, and God still cares for you, even though your brook may have appeared to dry up. Because it was God's purpose at work that caused the brook to dry up in the first place, because God's command that there would be no rain. But don't get it twisted, my friends, thinking that God somehow didn't know what he was doing. Of course he's God. Of course uh, uh, he knew the water would soon run out, uh, but he is the eternal source of all things, of all things that have life. And so it was his plan to teach, I believe, and share a lesson with Elijah and us. God is always teaching us if we would just open our eyes and see. God is the source of all blessings. All good things we know come from God. And so we must trust him through the storm. Trust him through the doubt. Trust him, whatever it may be. It might be a financial brook that has dried up, a relational brook that has dried up, a physical brook that has dried up. And so Elijah's posture must be our posture. You see, what did Elijah do? Elijah had to wait for further instructions from the Lord. We don't see him shouting or in fear or cursing or complaining. He remained at the brook 
and awaited further instructions from the God who sent him there in the first time. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, there are times when we, all that we can do after we've done all that we can do is just wait on the Lord. Times when we simply must stand and wait on God after we've prayed and after we've cried and after we've fasted and done all the will of God, sometimes we still have to wait for further instructions from our God. And that's exactly what we see uh, God, uh, what we see the man of God doing uh, with God. Uh, Because the Bible says, then in verse number eight, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, the brook dried up, but then God began to speak with him and give him further instructions. And next, God sent him to another unlikely source. Watch what God's doing now. God sent him to another unlikely source, a widow. Uh, This widow in the midst of a famine. What a pitiful sight. But God had it all figured out long before he got there. And just as a side note, I'm the witness that God, if God sends you to it, he's already fixed it so you can go through it. I think I said something. If God sends you to it, he has already fixed it so you can go through it. And so he meets this this woman. He meets this this widow, this vulnerable widow, this this non-Jewish woman, if you will, and she was in a pitiful state. Uh, just her and her son, all alone, vulnerable and hopeless. And perhaps looking at her, you would never believe that she would be of any help to the prophet of God. Perhaps he even said, like we do sometimes, how in the world can this person help me? How in the world can this uh, uh, frail woman help me? How in the world can I get some help from this person? You know how we do. Uh, Sometimes we look down at people because the way they look, because of where they live, because uh, of how they uh, present themselves to us at first. But I need you to understand this evening that sometimes the unlikeliest person in the room or on the street may be the one God uses to bring you through. Do I have a witness uh, tonight? The person with the least, the person who's the youngest, the person who's the oldest, the person with the least amount of formal education, the person of another skin color may be the one that God uses to bless your life. So this widow was God's vessel to help the powerful man of God. He meets this woman, and he asks her a question. He puts her to uh, the test. He asks her for some water uh, during a drought. Uh, Imagine that. Give me some water during a drought. Then he asks her for some food. Imagine that. Give me some food. There's no growth. There's nothing to eat. But he's saying, please give me some food. The woman looks at him. Perhaps she gave him side eye. I don't know. But she said, all I have is a handful of meal. All I have is a little bit of oil. All I have are two sticks to rub together. But don't you know, while I'm here, God can do a lot with your little. God can do a lot with your handful of meal. God can do a lot with your little oil. God can do a lot with your two sticks or two pennies to rub together. You see, God can do a lot. Y'all remember uh, Jesus when he fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. Y'all remember when Gideon 
went against of the army, and all he had with him was 300 men. Now, y'all remember when David took a stone and a slingshot, uh-huh, and defeated the great Goliath. Y'all remember in Second Chronicles chapter 20 when Jehoshaphat was outnumbered on all sides, uh-huh, but God's greatest battles are not with the power of men, but of God. Many times we are outnumbered, outclassed, outsmarted uh, by those against us, but God can do a lot with a little, as he's going to demonstrate with us even on tonight. Even our faith, if we have faith, the Bible says, the side size of a mustard seed, we can certainly remove mountains. And so he says to her, go and make your last meal, but first, uh, yes, first make me a cake. First, make the man of God something to eat. And all she had was a little, and all she had was just enough for her and her son. But she was told to give it to Elijah first. Why give it to Elijah first? Well, Elijah was in the the employ of God. He was working for God. So really, he was saying, put God first. He was really putting God's work first or putting God's putting God first, putting God first. And verse number 15, I like what the Bible points out there. In verse number 15, the Bible says, uh, after he asked her what to do, uh, she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And the Bible says, and she and he and her house did eat many days. I like that because she went and did. That's the same thing Elijah did in verse number five. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And my friends, if we're going to be blessed with a feast in the midst of a famine, we have to go and do what God gives us to do. When God gives us instructions, when we receive the word of God, our job is to do the same. Go and do the things that God wants us to do. So, my friends, when your brooks dry up, don't you dare put God down. And when you are down to your last, number two, when you're down to your last, keep putting God first. Did y'all hear what I said? I said, when you're down to your last, keep on putting God first. I think I hear uh, Matthew say, Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I think I hear Proverbs say in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruit of thine increase. So shall thine barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out in new wine. Uh, and so I'm saying we have to put God first. When you're down to your last, when it appears that you're down to your last, make sure you put God first and continue to put God first. Because God has promised to honor your commitment of trust to him when you put him first in your life. Y'all remember uh, the widow with the two mites. She put God first. Y'all remember David said, I I have been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And so the Bible says she went and did, and now they had food enough to spare for over the entire time. And every time, if you imagine this, every time she went 
to the cupboard. No, it wasn't like old Mother Hubbard. It was bare. This one was full good. Because something happens, my friends, when you put God first. When you put God first, dried up brooks become seas of spiritual understanding. When you put God first, a handful of meal becomes a buffet of spiritual blessings. When you put God first, a half-empty jug of oil becomes a never-ending source filled to the brim with spiritual gifts. When we put God first, when we go and do as God says, not as we wish, but as God says, God so declares that our barrels will never be wasted, nor our jars never fail. He promises that we will eat many days. In other words, every time we go to the barrel and the jar of God will continue to provide because God provides for his own. It may be just a few crumbs, but God will provide. It may be just a small sip, but God will make it last. God will provide. God can give us a feast in the middle of a famine when we trust his holy and divine word. And now uh, comes the point of the passage. Let me drop down to verse number 17 and just read a few verses, and then the lesson will be yours tonight. And it came to pass, uh, verse 17, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him up out of her bosom and carried him up to a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried uh unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried out, unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child so come into him again. And the Lord heard, amen, the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the lad came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Now watch this now. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know, now by this I know, that thou art a man of God, that the word of the Lord, uh, word of the Lord uh, in, is in thy mouth is uh, truth. And so uh, thirdly, my friends, uh, when your faith is alive, doubt will die. Now, now again, after all of the miraculous acts of God, sometimes we still need convincing. After the drought, after the brook, after the food, we see again the widow's son fell sick and he died. And really, uh, Elijah didn't understand, and certainly the woman didn't understand why. As a matter of fact, the woman thought it was because of her sin. You know, now I don't know what her sin was. I'm not trying to figure out what her sin was, and you don't know what her sin was either, so stop trying to figure it out. But uh, uh, we can get that way and begin to play the blame game when things don't go 
our way. We say things like God is behind us. God is punishing me because of this. God is punishing me because of that. But I think the child of God needs to understand that what you've done in your past is past. I think Paul says, uh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature and behold all things have been washed, have gone uh, away. And so uh, that is my point there. Uh, but but Elijah, Elijah didn't even know what to think. He didn't know what to think uh, about the situation. So what does he do? He does what every man of God does when he doesn't understand. He goes to God for the answer. He didn't try to come up with an, an excuse uh, just from the top of his mind, trying to sound so profound. No, he took it. God. And I like, again, what the Bible says in verse number 20. The Bible says again, and he cried unto uh, the Lord. He cried unto uh, the Lord. You see, we have to understand that. You see, God wants us to understand, and I need you to understand, something happens when you cry out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord. He cried, meaning a calling out with a loud voice. You know, he wasn't afraid like some of us. He wasn't afraid uh, to get loud. You know, he was like that man who was sitting by the side of the road when Jesus came by and he needed some help. He was blind, I believe. And the man uh, said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. There were some who were saying, man, sit down and be quiet. It don't take all that. Stop making all that noise. But still, he got louder and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. But what am I saying? I'm saying this was not necessarily to get God's attention because God heard him, but it was his way of expressing his deep longing uh, desire for God to help. And sometimes, my friends, you need to open your mouth and let God know just how much you need him. I don't think Peter whispered when he was on that boat and he got on that water and he began to walk on the sea. I don't think he whispered saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. No, he opened up his mouth and said, Lord, save me. And God saved me. But let me help you right here. I need you to understand that uh, throughout scripture, believers are often instructed to cry out to God in times of trouble. Look at Psalm chapter 50 and verse 15. The Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Uh, Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call unto me and I will answer thee and shall show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now Psalm 34 and verse number 7, the righteous cry and the Lord liveth and delivereth them out of their troubles. In Psalm 56 verse 9, when I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. And so we know God answered his prayer and gave life to the boy. But then again, the Bible says in verse 24, now by this I know. And I think that's the whole point of the lesson tonight, because God had to get them both to the point where their faith was alive, of uh, the woman as well as Elijah. In order to put doubt to death, you have to have a living and active faith. Uh, faith and doubt cannot operate in the same place. I think the Hebrews writer says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So you've got to know some things. You've got to 
have faith. You got to know that God is still God all by himself. And sometimes God just has to remind us just how good and just how powerful he is. And even I, as a gospel preacher, every once in a while, have to be reminded that God is God all by himself. And when I cry out to God, God hears my cry. And so, my friends, I need you to understand that, again, we have to understand that when we're hungry, God can be our food. When we're sick, he will be, make us, he can make us well. When we're tired, he can give us rest. When we're troubled, he can give us peace. When we're afraid, he can make us fearless. When we're lonely, he can be our comforter. When we're in error, he can correct us. When we're outnumbered, he can become our aid. When we need help, he certainly is a great help. And when we're lost, we certainly can find salvation in him. So remember, number one, when your brook dries up, don't put God down. Number two, when you're down to your last, keep putting God first. And number three, when your faith is alive, doubt will die. Listen, my friends, it's my prayer that I've been encouraging to you. Listen, I want you to find the Church of Christ. Find the Church of Christ in your neighborhood, in your city. Look in the phone book. Look online for a Church of Christ. And I want you to go there and tell the Church of Christ you heard a lesson on the Word of God. And you want to make sure you meet this God that can cause you to have a feast in the midst of a famine. Everybody is having a famine around you, but God can make it sure, can make it certain that you have a feast, a feast of the word of God, and even some bread in your cupboard and two pennies uh, to rub against each other, and they will go a long way. But tonight you come by hearing uh, the word of God, Romans 10, 17. You come by believing the same word of God, Hebrews 11 and 6, uh, John 8, 24. You come by repenting of your sins, Luke 13, 3 and 5. You come by confessing Christ to be the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And you come being baptized in water for the remission, the removal of your sins. Uh, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, Mark 16 and 16. And so, my friends, it's my prayer tonight that you give your life to the one that can, even though when you might have a brook that's dried up and be in a dry place, that God can give you a feast in the midst of a famine. Be blessed. May God bless you. May he bless you real good.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both my speakers for the on the broadcast tonight, Brian Christian Coleman and Lou Gibbs. Outstanding lessons that they presented here on this broadcast. Now, I didn't have a guest in the community corner. I had a guest scheduled, but uh, unfortunately, that guest was not able to appear in the community corner. So maybe next time, Lord say so. I really appreciate my speakers on the show tonight. What a show. What a word from the Lord. That's why we call it What a Word from the Lord, because we be hearing some outstanding lessons on this broadcast from my various speakers and also from my co-hosts. It's my prayer that these lessons this evening were beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because not only are you tuning into this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. That's important. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gibbert, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you.
Ooh. 